Good morning, everybody. I figured to get started, um, I want to teach you a little bit of Spanish. Uh, most of you guys know Spanish. But everybody said uh, Merry Christmas already, so I want to teach you a little Spanish. Feliz Navidad. All right, let's try that one again. Cause, uh, all right, all right. Ready? Feliz Navidad. Nice, nice. That's Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And also, before we get started, uh, if any of the children are still here, you, your classes are on now. So if you, uh, you are dismissed, children only. Let's not lose everybody. And as you're going on, I want to teach you one more Spanish word, if I may. And that is uh, Christmas. And I think that's going to help you for 2018. This will help you for 2018. So listen up. Christmas is Christ plus what? Mass. Or in Spanish, what's M-A-S? Mas. More. So guess what we need for 2018? More Christ. So when we think about Christmas now, think about more Christ. Mas, as in more, and Christ. Christmas. All right, let's open our Bibles. Hey, this morning, I'm uh, <clears throat> delighted to be here with you. My brother Orozco, my, who is also my father-in-law, is taking care of the Spanish uh, message on the other side <clears throat> and i have the opportunity we got to pray for bruce too right he had knee surgery and uh i believe he's recovering well so let's keep him in our prayers reach out to him he is now texting i don't know if you guys knew that he's now texting yes i don't know who convinced him i don't know if that was jane or but uh he's now uh, he's moved on from his flip phone nothing wrong with flip phones i suppose but he's now got a smartphone and he's now texting. Uh, <clears throat> so make sure you drop him a, uh, a text or a call. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Here's what I want to do. I want to read the entire Christmas story. I don't mean the whole New Testament, just Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And then we're going to focus uh, on a couple of people here, the shepherds. And, and we're really going to focus on the message that this, these angels, this angel... And this host of angels were proclaiming to these shepherds. We're going to focus on that. But in order to do that, I figured, hey, it's Christmas Eve. And I'm sure all of you are familiar with the Christmas story. But let's read it. 20 verses. You guys ready for that? Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And as we do that, keep in mind then the... Um, I have a little outline here. We're going to talk about the man or the shepherds. Uh, the messenger, which is the angel, and then we're going to focus really on the message that the angel brought forth to these shepherds. That's how we're going to work this. So <clears throat> Luke 2, 1 through 20, story of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, or at least the, this event here being announced. It says that it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. 
Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen And it was told them. Pray with me. Gracious Father, we are so grateful to you for giving us this privilege of knowing you, understanding this message, believing the fact that you sent your only son to this world some 2,000 years ago. You sent a Savior to us. We're grateful for that. We know that not everybody accepts that or understands that or has accepted that. And so we pray for them, for the lost around us. Help us to just focus on you this morning. We are grateful uh, for everyone who's here, and we just ask that your will be done. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, beloved, here's the, uh, we saw the the, uh, title of the message, which is, A Savior is Born to You, and I took that out of verse 11. But here's my main point this morning, and here's what I'm hoping to be able to uh, uh, transmit to you, and maybe for some of us or for all of us, my hope would be that after this message, as we focus and meditate in God's word, that we would think of Christmas as something personal to you. Something personal. I mean, when I think about my past Christmases, and I've had some 42 Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> Christmases over the years, and many of them are a bit of a blur. <laughs> a lot of them are. And, but I, I think of a lot of family time. I think of a lot of delicious food, a lot of fun, um, and, and nothing wrong with all of those. A lot of celebrations, a lot of gifts, but I, I guess as a Christian, we always have this little paradox or this conflict of, yeah, the world celebrates the 25th of December as a day. We don't really know when Jesus was born, but since so many people celebrate this day, and we have the opportunity to kind of join in that and take the time to celebrate something very important, something of most importance. And, um, but we don't want to also get caught up in the whole busyness of, uh, you know, buying presents at the last minute. And maybe some of you are thinking, like, I got to get out of here. I hope Mike doesn't take too long because uh, I still got to buy those presents for tonight. Uh, forget about that. All right. Uh, Let's focus on, on, on the Lord this morning, but also tonight, and as you, as you think about Christmas, 
hopefully this this could be something that will help you make it something more personal. You know, as, as we're reading, I wasn't going to mention this, but Mary, when he heard the, the, the shepherds account of what happened, who they saw and what they said, the angels, it says that she pondered them in her heart. Everybody marveled, but she pondered those things in her heart. She meditated on what, what the angels had said or told the, the shepherds. And maybe we could take some of that tonight if you celebrate Christmas Eve or tomorrow as you celebrate Christmas if we would just kind of take some time to ponder these things in our heart. You know, a lot of people around you are going to be all crazy and happy and, and uh, joyous and upset at what they got as a gift or didn't get as a gift. But if we would take some time to just ponder these things that we're about to study and, and, and think about and talk about, just ponder them. Just meditate on that. You know, like Luis was saying, we can't even understand what Christmas is all about. The infinite, mighty God becoming a man in order that he would die on a cross for my sins? Where does that fit in my intellect? It doesn't. But thanks be to God that he would allow us to, to, that he would open our understanding and give us the faith to believe and to trust in that. So Christmas is a beautiful time, but let's, Let's, uh, let's not forget what it's really about. A Savior is born, and here's the personal part. A Savior is born to you. To you. And I'm sure that, you know, thinking back, growing up in the church myself, um, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it now, is, you know, I can't tell you the exact day when I became a Christian, but what happened. I went from understanding that Jesus had died for the world to Jesus had died for me. And that the sins of the world were upon him to my personal sins were upon him. And when he shed his blood in the cross, he did it for all his children, for this world, for the love that he had for this world. But he shed that blood for me. And when he came as a baby, if I may say, he did that for me. I know he did it for other people, but he did that for me. And that's what I would like for us to understand, the, the, the personal aspect of Christmas. Because everybody celebrates Christmas, and most of the people out there are going to celebrate Christmas and not give Christ a, a second thought. And hopefully that's not us in our celebrating tonight or tomorrow. You know, that your traditions would include spending some time in the Word and meditating and what that means for you and how that should impact your life. So, here's my main point. As Christians, we get to celebrate the Christmas story and proclaim its message for God's glory. As Christians, we get to celebrate the Christmas story and proclaim its message all and always for God's glory. So let's take a look here at uh, verse, verse 8, which is where we're going to focus on. And we're going to take a look at, at the men. They were shepherds. And that doesn't mean they couldn't have been shepherdesses. But in this case, let's just say they were men living out in the field, taking care of the sheep, which, by the way, one day will more likely be part of the sacrifices that will be taking place in the temple. So these shepherds, we don't know a whole lot about these shepherds, but I like these shepherds. You know, there's all these people that I'm looking forward to meeting in heaven. And if they're there, I want to talk to them. 
about exactly how did all this go down. You know, where were they? What did that look like? Uh, but listen to what they say. Let's take a look at some things and learn from these men uh, out in the field. Verse 8, it says, Now there were in the... Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. I would say just minding their own business, literally <laughs> their business, minding their own business, keeping the shepherds, uh, the, the sheep by night. They lived out there 24-7, took care of these sheep. And behold, suddenly an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Pretty scary stuff, right? If you think about them living out in the fields at night, no street lights, no any of that stuff. And by the way, I should say this now. What day was it when the there was some, the um, SpaceX threw something out in there, those satellites? Did you guys see that? Did you get scared? Uh, lying in church is not a good thing, all right? Uh, I was actually feeling under the weather. Uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about over the, our sky here? SpaceX through, uh, launched a, uh, a series of satellites of some sort, and it was already dark, so this bright light came up in, in, in the sky. And if you saw it happening, you saw a lot of kind of weird stuff that you couldn't explain. Um, well, kind of imagine that. I was actually taking a little bit of a nap because I've been feeling under the weather. I don't know if you can tell. But uh, my son comes in. He's like, Dad, Dad, get over here. Come on. I'm like, wake up. I'm half asleep by now, right? Wake up. You got to see this. And... Uh, and Timothy was actually sleeping over that day. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, something happened to Timothy. What's going on? I'm trying to wake up here. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And come outside. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking Timothy's going to be laying on the floor right there. And he goes, look up. And I see this bright light. If you know what I'm talking about, you, uh, you can identify with that. And uh, I had seen something like that before years ago. And it was something similar. But this really bright, unnatural-looking light was up there. And, and mind you, we have street lights. We have, you know, it was far away. You could see it moving and kind of getting, expanding. It was, it was really a sight to see. And at first, you kind of, it's a little, I don't know. I mean, not scary. I don't think I was scared, but uh, baffled. You don't, you don't know what's, what's going on. And, and, and as something is developing. Slight, that was nothing like what these shepherds must have seen. An angel appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And every time that happens, these words follow, don't be afraid, because they're already afraid. So these men, let me, let me mention things about these men. They were minding their own business. When the angel appears, they become afraid. It's not natural that an angel appears to you and starts to speak to you as the glory of the Lord surrounds you. But also, as we go forward, uh, in verse 15, just speaking about these men and, and maybe drawing some lessons from that. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. I love the fact that as soon as the angels were gone, they didn't worry about their sheep. They didn't worry about how far they were. They said, Let us now go and see that which the Lord has made known to us. That sense of urgency, I love that. Because, beloved, the Lord is still in the business of talking to us and sending messages, messages to us. And if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, He's constantly speaking through His Word 
and through your spirit, letting you know certain things. And these men, these shepherds, say, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. That sense of urgency, I think, is something that I know is lacking in my life, and I would probably venture to say is probably lacking on most of our lives. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is doing. Do we want to be involved? Do we want to be in the midst of things? We should. A couple of things from these men. Um, verse 16, it says that they went with haste. They came with haste. When's the last time you did something for the Lord with haste? Now, somebody said haste makes waste. So you got to be careful not to be in a hurry all the time. But with haste, with a sense of urgency, beloved. I don't know about you, but I love the end of the year, the idea of being able to just focus on what happened this year, because sometimes we forget. I don't know about you. I forget so many things that happened this year. And when I start to meditate, look back, and talk to other people about, you know, how did the year go, all these things come to mind. All these great things, all these blessings come to mind. And also maybe some not-so-pleasant things happened this year, and, and maybe I made some mistakes and bad decisions this year. But I love, the, I love the idea of being able to kind of wrap up the year, analyze it, summarize it, and then take a look at the new year and say, what am I going to do different? And for me, how am I going to be, how, perhaps this past year, how did I serve the Lord? Or, or, or was there a sense of urgency in my relationship with God? Or was it more of a, eh, you know, we'll go later, I'm sure he's not going. Imagine these shepherds, what if they would have waited a couple of days? The baby, our Lord Jesus was born in a manger. They weren't going to stick around that long in there. I don't know how long they were there, but it seemed like they were there that night. So as soon as they were told, boom. They set everything down and they start going with haste to see everything that the angel had said. Beloved, that we would, maybe in 2018, act towards the Lord with more haste. More sense of urgency, like we got to do it now. Especially understanding, beloved, that None, our, our days are counted, and we don't know how long we have in this earth. And the Lord, the Lord has us here for a, for a certain amount of time, and after that, we're out. And you don't know how long you have. So they go see what, what was going on with haste. They get there. They see. They share. It says that they, in verse 17, they made widely known the things that were said. I don't want to focus too much on these guys, but there's so many things that I think we can apply. They weren't ashamed of saying what happened. They went over there with haste, and then they made widely known. That means anybody that was willing to hear, they were going to tell. And beloved, the same thing has to happen with us 2018. Yeah, we want to grow the church. But more importantly, we want to grow God's kingdom. And that's not going to happen unless we widely share the things that God has done and said. These shepherds were cool. They run over there. They make widely known everything that, had, that happened. And then verse 20, just so we can move on from these guys. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They rejoiced after having had this encounter. I mean, the angel thing would have been cool enough, right? One angel, then a host of angels come out, and you're just blown away. But then you get to go to a manger and see the Christ, the Savior that had been born to them in a manger, this creator of the universe, 
wrapped in little strips of, of cloth in the most humble of situations, they got to meet Jesus, who would save his people from their sins. Pretty cool, guys. Pretty cool event for these people that were just minding their own business, right? Taking care of their business, doing their work, and then boom. But we see, and I don't know why the Lord chose them. I know they were humble people. They were of the lowest class and all that stuff. But I think their heart is what God was looking at. And these guys were ready to go and haste and check out what had been told to them. And they were ready to share with everybody what had been said and what had been done. And then they were willing to just glorify God and praise God for what they had experienced. And I think the Christian life has to be like that, beloved. The Lord is calling us to so many things. We don't have the luxury to stand around or sit around and do nothing. We could, but we shouldn't. And then to make widely known what God is doing with you. And if you're sitting and thinking like, well, I don't know, God didn't do much this year with me. It's not God's fault. All right? God is in the business of transforming, saving, and doing for his honor and glory. And if we didn't experience that this year, it's not God's fault. We need to take a look at what we did or didn't do and just kind of reconnect with God and submit under his authority and will. So that's the men. And Psalms 38 verse 24 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is constantly calling us to himself. Would we go with him in haste? Happy that he would be willing to speak to us. I mean, can you imagine the honor? I, I, I would imagine they would have to, they would be looking at each other thinking like, why would, why would God send a host of angels to tell us about these news? He could have chosen so many other people. He could have chosen to a different method of announcing the birth of his son. But he goes to these lowly shepherds in the field. And beloved, I hope you feel like that. I hope you feel that unworthiness. That why would God look upon me with grace? Why would God care? Why would God do? You look around your friends and you have friends that aren't believers. Maybe they're smarter than you. They got more money than you. They got more education than you. Have a better car than me. All right, all right. We get it, Mike. All right. There's people all around you that have lots, a lot more, but they don't have the Lord. Do you have that sense of unworthiness that will in turn cause this great sense of gratitude and willingness to obey him? Because a Savior is born to you. To you. Let's take a look at the messenger. In uh, verse 9, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Afraid. You know, and, and Hebrew says that um, uh, there are people that have ministered to angels without even knowing it. Right? Abraham comes to mind, and um, angels can often appear as a regular person. I don't know if you had any experiences, but... Um, in this case, they knew it was an angel that had been in the presence of God because the glory of God shone around this light, shone around them because this angel had been in the presence of God and was now going to tell these shepherds this awesome message. And I just want to kind of compare that to us. You know, an angel is ultimately a messenger, a messenger. And when Jesus, after his resurrection in Matthew 28, 
says, go and make disciples, preach the gospel. You know what that makes us? Angels, <laughs> messengers. We are messengers. We have the message of God. We have the gospel to share with other people. But get this. Let me ask you the simple question, then we're going to spend the rest of the time on the message. When you attempt to share the message, is the glory of the Lord shining around you? Are the people around you able to see something special in you? Like, I know he's just telling me, and I know it's just Mike, but something's going on right here. There's more than what I'm hearing coming out of his mouth or her mouth. As messengers of the gospel, we have to strive to spend time with God. When you spend time with God, people are going to see his presence around you. And I don't mean that like in a weird, you know, physical way. But Christians should be very different people. And the way we act, and the way we talk, and the way we behave, and the things that we do, the things that we don't do, the way that we say things, the things that we focus on, our dreams and aspirations should be very different so that God's glory could be manifested. And when you go and give the message to other people, they know it's not just you telling them how bad sinners they are or how much better you are than them. In humility for us to go to people and share the message that we're going to get to right now and that people would receive that message with with gladness, understanding that there's more than meets the eye here. You know, yeah, it's Caesar telling me about Jesus, but there's, there's, something, there's something special here. The shepherds had no problem identifying the fact that this angel <clears throat> had come from God. And of course, it didn't, ha- it didn't hinder the fact that uh, these hosts of angels later on appeared as well. No doubt there. Let's move on to the... Um, just to wrap that up, the Bible does say that we're the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Jesus is the light, and his light reflects on us. And we have that opportunity to go into the darkest and shed the light of the gospel, the light of Christ with people. It's a beautiful thing. It's a responsibility and a privilege. Let's talk about the message. We looked at the man. We looked at the messenger. Let's look at the message because that's where we're going to spend most of the time here as our time usually flies by. But look at this. <clears throat> verse, verse 10, Then the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which uh, will be to all people. And here it is. Here's the message. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, what? A Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. The awaited Messiah was being born that day, 2,000 years ago. And he says, you know, when I was preparing this message, this, this, this phrase just caught my eye like it never had before. But the fact that they say, for there is born to you. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Now, let me tell you why I kind of like these shepherds. I mean, I'm sure they, weren't ex- they didn't wake up in the morning and said, you know what, I think tonight we're going to be visited by this crazy host of angels. 
There's no way they would have known that. They're completely surprised, I believe. And then they get this message, and they say, Today there is born to you a Savior. You know what they could have said? They could have said, A Savior? What do I want a Savior for? I'm a good person. What? Beloved, who needs a Savior? Somebody who needs saving. I know this is basic, but I think this is really deep. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. So what? Well, I believe one thing that the shepherds understood, perhaps their experience with all these sheep being, you know, they would raise these sheep and then they would see them go off and get slaughtered as sacrifices. And then next year, guess what? Over again and over again and over again, maybe by generations all these sacrifices being done to appease and atone atonement for from our sins with God. And maybe they understood something. That all that blood that was shed by these innocent animals was never sufficient for the forgiveness of sins, only for a covering. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they understood that. That these animals that are being sacrificed for thousands of years, or at least 1,400 years or so since the Passover with Moses, all these animals that have been sacrificed and, and that innocent blood that had been shed had never been enough. And they needed a Savior, one that would take away the sins of the world, like it says in Matthew one twenty one. And she will bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So he tells them, the great news, the great message is this. In the city of David, a Savior is born. And that was great news for them. I just think of how so many people go through this idea of, oh, Jesus was born in in, in Christmas. And you see these little manger scenes and baby Jesus. But there's this, I know we celebrate it, and I don't be a downer, but... The Savior is born, not because he was born as a beautiful baby, but because, how Luis said, eventually this baby would grow up and live a perfect life and offer his perfect life as a perfect sacrifice, as a complete payment for the sins of the world, for my sins. And so they didn't say, a Savior, oh, we'll go next week, I mean, person. You've probably heard that a lot. And beloved, make sure that's not your attitude. Do you need a Savior? Or was your saving a one-time deal 20 years ago? 30 years ago? 10 years ago? And okay, I have a Savior. Or do you need Him? And how do you know if you need Him? Well, look at their response. With haste, they went and saw They wanted to see, indeed, what a Savior is born. The Messiah, what we've read about in the Old Testament, he's here now. That's awesome. That's the best thing ever. Who cares about those sheep? Leave them alone. So the message is that today in the city of David, a Savior is born. And that's only good news 
for somebody who understands that they need saving. And even as a Christian, our life is going to reflect how we view God and Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord by the way we live out our lives. Do we need Him or is He an addition to our already comfortable life? And we got to reflect on that. We got to reflect on that. Are you willing to leave it all behind and say, I want to go see, I want to experience more of this? Yeah, this angel scene was awesome, but I want to meet this Jesus. I want to have this personal encounter with this baby, the Savior of the world. I need that Savior. They could have said, we'll go later. They could have said, we'll go later. I think the worst thing they could have said is, a Savior, what do we need a Savior for? I'm a good person. Uh, you know, my business is going well. If I leave my sheep now, what if somebody comes and uh, takes on my sheep? Hey, I don't know. Let's, let's wait. They didn't. They just left everything behind. They went to go see because I believe they understood. When the angel said, a Savior is born to you, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been waiting for. And that's the message of Christmas, beloved, that a Savior was born to you. And that's important because he's the only Savior. There aren't any other Saviors. You can't save yourself. Let me read, uh, let me read Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to tell you when the real Christmas happened, all right? The actual time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Now you're going to know when Jesus was born. Here it is. Galatians 4, verse 4. I'm going to read tools 4 and 5. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, listen to this, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of as sons. I love that. When the fullness of time had come. When God decided it's time. That's when Jesus was born. And he sent forth his son. Born of a woman. Under the law. To redeem. To buy back. To save. Those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Jesus means God the Savior. And on that day, the shepherds got this news that today, in the city of David, a Savior is born to you. He came to redeem, to buy back, and he did that through his own body, through the shedding of his blood and giving his perfect life that is worth so infinitely more than we could ever imagine, and thus enough of a payment to cover for all of our sins, past, present, and future. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, He died for all. Those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for Him who died for them and rose again. There's some implications that if we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, our life is out, and a new life begins, one that is dedicated unto Him. Let me share a couple other verses, because this idea that a Savior is to you is very, very important. 
Here it says that we were redeemed, uh, we were under the law, and Romans 3.20 says, By the deeds of the law, no man shall be justified. Nobody could be good enough to save themselves. Therefore, we need a Savior. So even if the shepherds were the best of people, they still needed a Savior. In Romans 3.23, we read that. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Romans 5.8, that God demonstrates his love towards you, towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And all of that was going to be made possible if he was born into this world as it had been prophesied. I want to wrap this up with one verse. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, and, and uh, just kind of bring it home and talk about the, the personal aspect of Christmas. Because I don't know of a better verse that does that than Galatians 2.20. This is Paul speaking. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now normally for the longest time when I was uh, memorizing verses and at church, Sunday school, I only knew it up to there. And I remember Pastor Sal, some of you guys know Pastor, he would often recite this verse, but he would cut it off right there. But listen to this part at the end, okay? This is it right here. We're going home. We're driving in the message with this verse. I have been crucified together with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Get this? who loved me and gave himself for me. That's my Merry Christmas right there, beloved. I have been crucified together with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, Paul said. He could have put it very differently, but he chose to personalize that. He understood that the Savior of the world that was born and announced to these shepherds as a Savior unto you was a Savior for him. He had taken hold of that, beloved. He had taken hold of that. And I remember... Being a kid, understanding these truths, but I know that I hadn't taken hold of that. I believed in Jesus. I believed he was the Savior. I believed he had died on the cross. But I'll say it again. It was around eighth grade when I started to understand, and I believe that was God opening my understanding, that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was my personal Savior. That yes, in John 3.16, I had read that he had loved the world, but I understood that he loved me 
to the point that even though I was a sinner, I understood very well at 13 years old that I was a sinner. That even though I was a sinner, Christ had died for me. That's my Christmas, beloved. Let's, let's take that. Let's ponder that. Let's meditate on that. What does that mean for me? What does that mean to how I celebrate Christmas? What does that mean moving forward from here as we, we begin 2018? 2018. Feels like, I don't know if this is the case, but time just seems to be going faster, right? I hear that from my kids, like, this school year went by fast. My students or my own children. And then, I, I gotta I got re- say this again. When we celebrate my 40th birthday, uh, this counselor at my work, she goes, yeah, you know what, time, by, time goes by really fast, but once you turn 40, the decades just seem to fly by. I'm like, what? <laughs> Slow down, lady. The decades. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I want to slow it down. I don't want to get caught up in the um, busyness of Christmas that leaves Christ out. I want to slow down. I want to ponder these things. That I have been crucified together with Christ. And that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I have now, no matter how many days, weeks, months or years or decades I have left over, I want to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'll leave you with that. Gracious Father, we're so grateful to you for the opportunity to spend this time together in fellowship in your word. We can't comprehend your love. We can't imagine what it meant for you to give up your son and Turn your back on him while he was at the cross. And what Jesus endured, the agony. But we can say thank you. And we can ask for help. And ask that you would continue to... That you would allow us the privilege to know you better every day.